today we're talking about finding your people and the comfort of community. And yeah, I mean, find your people, blah, 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 blah. But really from a safety and security standpoint and and the willingness to take more risk in life, community is essential for that. And we're breaking that down. Let's go. Hey, you're on this journey, on this season five vibe and everything season five, as I'm forecasting what it will look like, is all about settling into the being, the knowing, transitioning from believing to knowing and fine-tune correcting what that looks like and just living. And we started out this show, you know, really thinking that this was going to happen overnight. And one of my greatest accomplishments of all of this will be just continuing on and showing an example, a real life example of what it looks like to turn your life around. And so if you're just happening upon this show in season five, you should know there are four other seasons that have followed me on this journey this journey of turning my life around, this journey of finally getting to this place where I wasn't angry and spiteful and hateful and ego-driven. It really follows all of that. So you can go back to the start. What I will caution you is that it is unedited and pure and raw. And I was still very much in that ego hate phase of my life and it's all lived out loud and this whole journey has been lived out loud in truth so you will hear me venturing into businesses that if you follow the link that i am promising you will be there you will end up lost you are not going to get there just know that um but it's It's all about that journey. It was real. It was real right then. That business I was developing, that program, that course, that whatever, it was real and this is all real. This is me living my life out loud so we can all do our dreams. Heyo, welcome to the Death of a Dream podcast where we do dreams. And first and foremost, we're going to go ahead and ground ourselves in our greatness because that's how we do things here. You know, we start our day in that we find ways to have that conversation with ourselves because my fear in this life is that you don't. And if you aren't having that conversation with yourself. I'm really worried about the conversations that you are having. And my guess is just based on like pure population data of people that I speak to on a regular, my guess is the majority of what you say to yourself is bad. Now, that doesn't mean that we're perfect and we're wonderful and we never mess up, right? It just means you're not doing as bad as you tell yourself you are. And so if this is a way to find yourself, find your way back to your greatness, practice speaking to your greatness, 
because you will be called on if you're going after your dreams. And obviously that's the subject matter here. So, uh, yeah, that's really why we do this. Uh, so my great thing from yesterday (coughs) was, um, I've been doing a better job of consistently posting and writing, getting back into the practice of creating my own art, which is something that I've taken time off of because I feel like I've been helping other people create theirs. And, um, that really has been my focus this last year and getting this thing up and running that supports people and, and trying to figure this out. And there hasn't really been any extra room to do my art. Um, in my mind. I'm sure that I could have found it, um, but I was neglecting myself. I was neglecting, well, really just myself for this thing. And, you know, that's okay. I think it was also a great scapegoat for me. So it was like, ooh, (laughs) I don't really have to build my career right now because I'm building this thing. And this is more important. (laughs) personal brands can kind of hang out and it's all entrenched in one another. So it's important that it it becomes more seamless and that I'm doing the work on the dream in order for it to become something. So yesterday I'm walking my kids to school (coughs) because it's nice here, which fine. Don't give in to this fake spring we're having. I'm giving all the way in. I'm giving. I'm riding my bike today. I'm I'm giving in. I won't be, I promise, I won't be disappointed when winter returns like next week. Um, but I am going to live fully here. We had ball gloves out last night. Um, I did it. My husband and my kids did when I was on my walk home. They had ball gloves out. They were throwing. It was just, it was magical. It's February in Iowa what? So that's been wonderful. Um, but I'm walking my daughter to school, my daughters to school and my youngest went, well, my husband turned shed hunting, what I term foraging, uh, because yeah, okay. If we're putting a manly spin on it, I guess we call it shed hunting. Cause that makes it not seem like you're just out in the woods looking for hidden objects. But if you were just out in the woods looking for hidden objects, that would be foraging. And so while my husband may have went shed hunting and he had a very exact thing that he was looking for, my seven-year-old who went with him, she was foraging. She was looking for nothing specific. She was just looking for everything. And she picked up everything she had probably Apparently they gave her a backpack, which I'm like, you know what? Mistake number one, because this kid broke a dryer by, by hoarding rocks in her pockets unknowingly. Um, she has broken many things with her hoarding tendencies of nature. Mostly. I think she's just a forager by trade, by life. And so they gave her a backpack and apparently she filled that backpack with six or seven railroad stakes, (coughs) um, 
a, a femur of some animal, I don't know, maybe a deer, a broken arrow, um, a few shotgun shells, and feather, hawk feather, like it was a pretty epic forage for her. And so she got home. She was so proud of all of this stuff, you know, like any normal, natural first grader. She's like, I kind of got to take all this to school. Right, mom? Like, I got to. I'm like, is it show and tell day? Like, are you sure that you can do that? She's like, I told everybody that I was going out into the woods with my dad. And uh, so I think they would be excited to see what I found. So she took it. But as I dropped her off to school, she goes, mom, what if nobody likes it? And, you know, I think your normal gut reaction as a parent, if you're not me, would probably be like, oh no, sweetie, they'll like it. And I'm getting better at like, saving their audacity, like, and helping to encourage that, right? Like making sure that they know how great they are and that they're confident in the way that they walk. And she typically doesn't misstep on this, but when she did, I backed her up with not, oh, honey, they'll like it. I backed her up with, do you like it? She's like, oh yeah, this is so cool. I loved foraging. I'm like, then that's all that matters. The people who will like it will find you and they'll be excited about it with you. And the people who don't, don't matter. And she just looked up at me with her big, huge eyes. She was like, yeah. And then she just hop skip jumped into the schoolyard like listen i went foraging and i'm pretty cool i walked around the woods for three hours on saturday with my dad and i found all this cool stuff and i almost guarantee <coughs> she found more and she was not allowed to take more <laughs> um but you know, what's great about that is even me fixing that conversation. I think I was always so quick to like blend in, fit in, make sure that you, you fit the, the norms of, you know, specifically in this instance, like, should she be out there doing these kinds of things? Going shed hunting with her dad. Yeah, she should she finds it exciting and and loves and enjoys it so the, encouraging her to be her own person to do the things that she finds interesting she does not she's not sure where she stands on hunting which is not surprising because she is a very um she has a very deep kinship with animals like really deep and so i think you know, as she grows and, and learns more about the conservation that hunting provides and all of the things and not that, um, not that she'll ever 
be in a place where she feels comfortable with that. I don't know. But, you know, learning about the normal harmful practices of animals that we practice in the United States for sure. And learning about the hunting practices and <coughs> and kind of the circle of life and all of the things. So uh, it's, I, I like that she's learning that. I like that she's involved in this world. And then I like that I had a better approach to that question than I think I've had in other times. You know, I think before I would have been like, no, they'll like it. Of course they'll think you're pretty. Of course they'll think that you're special. But it's not really preparing them for the reality. The reality is some people are going to think, oh, gross, animal bone, ooh, weird, railroad stakes, ooh, ew, uh, bullets and and guns, and no. Um, And I want her prepared, same as I'm preparing myself. It's like, in this life, you just got to find your people. Not everybody's going to be all about the things that you're all about. Not everybody's going to be excited about X, Y, and Z. Not everybody's going to be amped that you are coming into your own power. Not everybody's going to be for your ideas, your processes, your systems. But the people who are, are really the only ones that matter. And you'll find them. But it is going to take stepping out on that limb, bringing in your foraging um, collection, and and saying confidently, I enjoyed my time in the outdoors, and this is what I collected. <laughs> and being excited about it. Because people relate to that excitement. So that's my great thing. Go ahead and take time for yourself. Recognize yourself for your greatness. I am realizing that there was a part of my book that I was reading this morning that I wanted to bring in here and that I don't know that I marked the page. Ah, but I found it so quickly. Go me. So I read this expert and I'm reading this book, Make Your Art No Matter What, which obviously is very important for me right now because it's like you got to get back to you. You have room in your environment. You have room in your life right now, working on hiring for the shop, working on getting myself freed up from the day-to-day of that tasks. Now that we've built something that really it has a system that can operate and flow. So make your art no matter what, moving beyond creative hurdles um, by Beth Pickens. And in this book, she points this out. And I thought, holy cow, that's everything that I'm building around. That's everything that I am structuring and and trying to figure out here with what we're doing with local and with what we're doing here uh, with the death of a dream. So here we go. Um, This is read directly from the book. Safety comes from building and participating in community, whether that is family, chosen family, friends, or spiritual communities. Being an active member of a loving community can generate feelings of safety we crave. Beyond financial support, a community can respond to emergencies, celebrate successes, help one another, and see each other through the ups and downs of a lifetime. Knowing that we have people we trust 
and who trusts us. We build the sense of safety we wish for. That safety will travel with you through your financial turns. So what she was saying in this part of this book, because it was talking about um, the finances of art and going after your art dream, even in, in really talking through the financial side of it. And so what she was saying is a lot of times people sort of set a threshold. And I know that we did that in our household was like, cause it always seemed like we were just kind of stockpiling money and it never really felt like we felt any safer. You know, we, it just always had to be more, you know, what if the emergency was bigger than that? What if, what if this happened? What if that happened? And so, yeah, if you really get into that game, what if, what if, what if, um, (laughs) you will quickly find your way to needing to add more money than necessary to that period. You just always will. Um, and that's how I felt, you know, I, I made my husband set that threshold, like, Hey, I mean, really what would make you feel comfortable and safe? If we had that in savings, could we start exploring what we could do with our money a little bit more? Like, could we maybe invest in a brick and mortar space and, and build a business with that extra, um, sort of cash that we have? Could we, uh, go on vacations? Could we do more with our money while we're here? I mean, I'm glad that we have safety and security and we have a savings and we have a backing if something would go crazy. And it it has, and we are very blessed to have that sitting there and to be able to replenish it after the world went a little wild. But what I will say is we had that the world went wild our world got turned upside down and it was rather recently and i felt comfortable like hey we'll be okay you know when you mix in all the other factors uh financially we'll be okay but we definitely need to tighten things up and what i found to be the most amazing um, wasn't the fact that we had that and we had our own backs and we would be just fine. It was the fact that our families rallied around us. Our, um, neighbors were bringing us food. Our families were bringing us food. And we sat down and we had a conversation right in the beginning of our world being turned upside down. And we said, or I said, okay, let's play out the worst that could happen. Let's play it out. What's the worst that could happen? And would we still be okay? And so we went down the worst. Okay, say we never find a job, never get anything going. We have to give up our house and, and, And we go bankrupt and everything gets taken away from us. And we have to, at worst, we move in with a family member. And we have two that are in our school district. And we have a couple very close to outside of our school district. And we could always open and roll. And so it was like, that's what this book is talking about. 
that's the safety and security that before, before we had a community and before we really had built a support system, relationships with people came to depend on one another before that, that number was just always increasing. And even when we met those goals, you still didn't really feel backed up or safe in taking risks because you're still alone. Yes, money provides definite comfort, but the comfort of community outweighs it every time. Every time. Like, I did, I financially, we sat down, we ran the numbers, we knew that we would be just fine, like within this window, and it that this would be a minor hiccup in our lives. We really wouldn't have to change that much, even if we got to like stage two or three or four, like we'd still <coughs> financially be okay. We could still do the things that we wanted to do. And so outside of that, the only thing that made that feel better was our community rallying around us. Was like the 12 cans of tomato juice that we got and the fact that our freezer was stocked with venison and we could make chili for very inexpensively with what we had on hand um, for a majority of that period. And, and that those <laughs> tomatoes came from my father-in-law and it, like we literally just lived on chili for a while because it was so inexpensive to make and we had all of the ingredients in our pantry already. You know, my mom bringing us food left over from their um, retirement party, my, my dad bringing us food that he had in his freezer, our neighbors giving us canned applesauce and tomatoes and just everything that they had canned, baking us bread, bringing us, giving us hamburger, meat, like helping ensure that we made it through this period. And, you know, I felt pretty financially comfortable through that period of disruption. But I felt safe and secure because of that community component. Like, our family had us. We told them what we were going through, and they backed us up. They, you know, took our kids out to eat. They made sure that our kids got to do things. They'd pay for them to do extra things. They, like, just backed us up. And I was talking to my sister last night, and I was, well, I was talking to my sister last night because I had talked to my brother earlier in the day because it was my brother's birthday. And he was, I, I was reflecting on 
the fact because he asked me how I celebrated his birthday. And I said, well, I did take a few moments today to reflect on just our life together because it is pretty cool. Like we lived obviously our whole childhood together. Um, and that's not obvious, right? We lived our entire childhood together from birth to 18. And then we spent like half a year apart, maybe two years. Yeah, probably two years. And then we both transferred schools and we ended up transferring to the same school. And then we lived together again through college. And then we spent probably a half a year apart and then we lived together again for a summer. Um, <laughs> and all right, it was, it was probably like two or three years. And then we lived together again through a summer and it was really like, that's pretty cool and kind of rare for, I feel like a brother and sister to have lived that much life together. And I don't know. I just reflected on that. I thought that's a really cool part of our history, our collective history together. And he went on to say, yeah, it, it is cool. And I'm like, yeah, I look forward to the day when we live together again. And he's like, yeah, I wonder, you know, if that'll be a, a terrible part of either one of our histories. And I'm like, you know, I've thought about that too, as I was reflecting, but I'm like, what an amazing backing. What an amazing feeling to just know, like no matter what happens, no matter what happens, you know, as he's thinking like, duh, bankruptcy and, and, and failing and all the things. I'm like, you know what? We kind of look down the barrel of that. And, and, and maybe we were premature in thinking through that, but we definitely like force ourselves to mentally go all the way down this path. If this life disruption remains for too long, let's go down. What does the end... <coughs> of that look like. And I said, knowing that you'd have somewhere to go without a doubt. And I'm like, not just somewhere, not just one place. I know about five places that we could go without question if life would get crazy like that. And I'm like, I feel like we've done something right in life. Just having that backing, having those relationships with the people in our lives, knowing that we'll, we'll be okay. We'll make it through whatever. And that comes through community. Like Beth was talking about in the book, like it just, it's, it's extra safety and security when you know you got people who will rally around you to make it through whatever you're going through. No matter where you go. And no matter what you do, 
here in this life. So, you know, I think at the end of all of this, fixing that component, fixing and, and finding time to connect. And definitely the the business, I feel like, took me away from my community more, but I would say that I have more harmony with what I'm doing. Like the people in my family understand how much this matters to me and why like I have to be there. And I feel like they just grant me a lot of grace in this building time because they get where I'm going. And before (coughs) there wasn't that harmony because there was a disconnect from what I was building and, and what I was doing and, and like how I communicated that to my family. You know, it's just like, nope, I gotta miss because I gotta keep climbing. I gotta blah, 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 blah. Um, and I just naturally will always be the person who picks business. Like, that's just something that I have always been driven to. But I feel like now there's just a lot more harmony in that pursuit. And I get to involve my family in that. And so there is a component of that community culture being built into it as well. And that really was the whole purpose. Like if I'm going to work as hard as I work and I'm going to devote my passion, my energy, my excitement and everything, then it needs to be something that allows me to decide what harmony looks like in all of this. And, you know, I feel really blessed that my community can take part in that. I feel really blessed that we have built and increased and made our community stronger. Like our our safety of the community that surrounds us is really inspiring and and continues to push me to do even more to really figure out how to figure this out and uh it's just it's been a great ride but i think how i started the show in telling my daughter right like just go find your people the people who are excited about your foraging materials are going to be excited and some people aren't and that's okay And it goes no different than building your community. You know, I had someone reach out yesterday. Hey, how did you kind of find your people? And I said, I just started sharing my message and what I was trying to accomplish with what I was building. And the people who wanted something different who wanted to try a new approach, who were attracted to what I was saying in this like organic community driven development idea and philosophy, those people just kept coming back around. They just kept coming back. They just kept showing up. Some of them kept 
showing up and saying, Hannah, you have to do this. You have to do You can do this. You got to do this. And they would just keep sending that message. And these were not people that I knew before. These were people who responded to what I was doing, responded to what I was saying, and just kept showing back up. So I think saying the different words, saying new things, um, really makes all the difference here. So finding your people sometimes, always, always starts with going out on a limb and saying the thing, sharing the thing, doing the thing. And, you know, I have been scared in previous phases of my life to do that. And now I just feel like I'm in this place where if I'm scared to do it, so is everyone else. And I really have to start leading that charge and just get it done. As always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world. Hey, I've enjoyed spending time with you and I cannot thank you enough for making what I do possible. If you want to continue to support the show and therefore continue the development of everything that we're doing here with the death of a dream and the development of local and all of the platforms that allow dreamers to do, you can go ahead and connect with us on socials at local shop space and connect with me on socials at Hannah us and I would love to see you there. Go ahead and check out all of our websites and everything that we do here. I would love you to do all of that, to like, share, and and comment on everything that we're doing, but bottom line, I, I just want you to do your dreams. And as long as you're going after the things that set your heart on fire, that's all that really matters. Change the world.